Does he look like a bitch? I'm going nutsack of a chin right off your face. I am serious. I don't call me sure. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. Alright, hello, 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 and welcome back to series two of Level Up with Aiden and Dave. We've had a little break. Uh, yeah, we're excited to we're excited to be back. <laughs> we've got some interesting stuff for you. Uh, we've worked out we've worked out a few episodes for the new series. We've got a new little bit. We're actually gonna be leveling up because we worked out in series one. That we called our podcast Level Up, and then we didn't really level much up at all. So now we've got a section, and the music is fantastic. But yeah, welcome back to Level Up with Aiden and Dave, and the only podcast where we shine Professor Xavier's head, and then we throw plastic and Magneto. There you go. Fair enough. <laughs> that's all. I, that's that's what I got. That's what I got. <laughs> All right. How have you been then? How have you been? What have yeah, you been up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some time apart. We were spending a lot of time chatting to each other just before. I mean, it was getting mm. to the point where we, we literally had fuck all to say to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, just call each so other we... up and like sit, just listen, listen to each other breathe down the phone. <laughs> just staring around like, yeah. yeah, and then um, we saw some other people yeah, had some yeah, had some, some other people. conversations that weren't about like superheroes, and now we're yeah. ready to talk about superheroes again. Yeah, and I'm donning my amazing Spider-Man tie-dye top. Check out Zarful online if you want to get hold of that because it's peng. Yeah, that that sweet <laughs> Facebook ad came through. I was just looking at all of yeah, that. They've yeah. got a load of like these vibey, vibey fucking Spider-Man shirts, which I'm glad because a lot of these sort of Marvel shirts they don't really fit in with like the actual fashion of today. They're just like a black yeah. T-shirt and they printed a picture of, like Spider-Man on it. You get it from Primark for two quid. Dead. You want you want some more like cool looking shit with the Spider-Man <laughs> artwork. Yeah, and um, this so, this place has done it. Yeah, I went home. Um, I went home for a bit. I've been in London since October. I'd not been home since last October. Been That's home for folks. Long. That's too long to be. It in was London, long. Mate. Yeah. Um, it was long and I just got to a point and I was like nah I'm going to stay alert and I'm just going to go so I went saw my parents saw a few people from home and that was really nice and now I'm back in London I'm a bit more refreshed let's say that so Mr Dave have you got any questions for me today yeah I have got a question Mm. what was the first 15 and 18 you saw in the cinema and if you can't remember seeing any in the cinema what's the first 15 or 18 you just watched I was in certificate like yeah oh Jesus Christ it's been so long since I thought about movie certificates yeah I remember when that was a thing when we used to go to the cinema when we were kids and we'd be like oh are we going to try and get into here like what if we get ID'd like <laughs> yeah. it was Do very like that? it was very patchy yeah because like sometimes the cinemas would be proper on it or like they'll want to like ID every single person but then as other cinemas that where you could just about sneak in sometimes 
But I don't know if I actually ever sneaked in. It was just that when I was 15, I didn't look 15. So if I didn't have, if I forgot to, and I didn't have any other ID than my passport, so I'd have to bring my fucking passport out with me. And I remember, I literally remember going to the cinema with my mum one time, and he wanted to see the Alan Partridge film, right? He wanted to see yeah. that. And the guy wouldn't let me in because I didn't have a passport, so I had to go all the way back home, get my passport, and then come back out again. But then, like, it was like a week later, I went to see World's End, you know, the Edgar Wright film. And I got in there without yeah. a passport, and that was way worse than Alan Partridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really remember. I don't think I, I, I can't remember any eighteen films really. But one definitely like stuff like Twenty One Jump Street is fifteen. So I would have gone to watch that at the cinema. That was yeah. probably. I mean, I'm not even sure when that came out, but it was those type of films that I would go to watch. So it would have been it would have been around around that kind of like, you know, in the two thousands everyone started making like funny like comedy Hollywood films with like big actors. Yeah, yeah. It probably yeah. would have been something like that. And I'm eighteens, I literally don't know, because eighteens are usually scaries, aren't they? Yeah. Well, or, or they just fuck with that. uh because I think the rule is in a fifteen you can say fuck five times. So if you go over that, then it kind of makes it an eighteen. Also, if you say cunt, that makes it an eighteen. And also, again, there's a certain level of violence that there's a threshold that makes it into an eighteen. Yeah, certificates are quite funny. I think, aren't I think they? the thing is like in. Since we've been 18, 18 certificate films aren't as much of a thing because it's really hard to make money off them because it really limits the audience you can get in. Which is, again, yeah, a see, reason why so many superhero Marvel films aren't a 15 because they want to appeal to the widest yeah. audience possible. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got a little fact for you. It's quite interesting that you brought up the certificate thing because um, I don't know if you've probably seen it about Hamilton. Uh, the musical uh, Hamilton. The musical, yeah, yeah, it's coming on Disney Plus. Yeah, so bit, it's been it? filmed. Yeah, so it's been filmed. It's coming to it's coming to Disney Plus on the third. Everyone's pretty excited for it. It's the original Broadway cast, so you've got Lin Manuel Miranda, the guy that actually wrote the entire show and made it, Fuck. is the main part. He's playing it, so that's pretty cool in itself. You've also yeah. got a handful of other, you know, massive Broadway stars. Uh, a lot of the cast are African American as well, which I really love about it. Um, and obviously it is it's a, literally a rap show so it's it's crazy um, but it is there's swear words in it yeah yeah quite a few of swear words in it I mean the opening line is how does a bastard orphan son of a whore um, and obviously Disney have said that they'll be sensitising and censoring the show in order for the film release kind of thing right okay it is just a filmed version they're putting on but i'm just wondering how they're going to get away with it because there's a lot of stuff um like sit down john you fat motherfucker all this kind of other stuff uh definitely Maybe more swear words so put, made that bit like you have to put the password in to to access it you're like your disney plus password so like yeah, i reckon that would have been disney a better plus, way of doing it the thing is disney plus have kind of prided themselves on the fact that they have this this space where all the family can be involved in in the stuff that that is being watched on that streaming service, and I yeah. think they want to keep it that they want to keep it that way because that's always been Disney family, isn't it? It's always been about family. It's always been about family enjoying. So do, do Disney own the musical then? Is that why it's on Disney Plus, or they bought um, the rights to the musical to make a like any visual versions of it kind of thing? Well, no. 
It's not. I don't know the situation. It's been filmed on the Broadway stage that it was done on. So yeah. it's a film production. It's I'm not guessing. a movie. Yeah, they usually do it without an audience. Sometimes they do it with a live audience. It's, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, I just find it interesting how they're going to like take out stuff in order to censor it for an audience when... I don't know, like, I just feel like, as well, like, kids at the moment are so desensitised to swearing. It's not really a, it's not really as much of a bigger deal. So, yeah, that's, like, that's the thing. I think swearing is, they make such a big deal out of it when it's not really, it's just words, isn't it? It's like, it's weird how swearing is regarded in a certain way. Like, take a, like, an MCU film, for example. They wouldn't swear. But you can see people getting beaten the shit out of, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... But it's also, <laughs> but if you look at something like that in in a sense to the boys where they where they really heavied it up it made it a lot more yeah. real didn't it yeah because the boys i was like this could be this is everyday life this is what this is what people get treated like whereas you disassociate yourself and you can see the fantasy in a marvel film you could see mm. that that would never happen in real life whereas in something like the boys with the swearing the grittiness the violence it makes it more real life and maybe that's what they're trying to desensitize kids to maybe yeah I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see because I'll but, be yeah. watching it. I'd just so say, yeah, the know. first 18 film that I remember seeing in the cinema, because yeah. I remember seeing the trailers for it and I was really keen to go and see it and I went with my mum. Um, it was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the 2011 remake with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, here we go again. I know who you're on about <laughs> as well. I know exactly who you're on about. <laughs> he played Sirius Black. Gary Oldman. Yeah. That was the first eighty I remember seeing in the cinema, and it wasn't wasn't even that violent or anything. There was just like there was a few brutal moments in it, and the themes were more intense. Than, but it was weird because the first thing I remember noticing was in the trailers before the film they had like adverts for like alcohol and beer and shit like that. And I, I was like, whoa! I swear I haven't seen these before at like a non eighteen mm. film. Yeah, that is crazy. <clears throat> um, I don't I don't know if I've got a question for you this week. Really, it's it's just. It was more. It's more of a preference. Uh, I just wanted to chat about it. I guess it's it's yeah. X Men, right? right? I just find it. I find it really strange how the newer X Men's are the older X Men's. I don't know why I find it so strange, but when I was I watched Apocalypse the other night and all this shit started to like make sense, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, and then that's that person. I guess why it kind of feels weird is that they filled in all of the holes and gaps that fans must have picked in the first few films. And there's also a bit in Apocalypse where they literally say, oh yeah, the third one, the third film of the franchise is always bad. Like, they literally like... Yeah. yeah. They literally like par the last stand. They literally par it. And I, I was just like, wow, like... Because, you know, you've got all these relationships. Like, at first when I was watching X-Men, I was like, why do Professor X and Magneto hate each other but they're best mates? And you don't find that out until literally ten years later. Unless you're, unless you're a comic buff I guess but you know what I mean don't you like any bloke any random bloke he's you've got to be thinking like like you don't see why Jean Grey loves this fucking kid with the eyes so much when there's literally Wolverine Hugh Jackman literally being like like the ready to like shag yeah just there like <laughs> like and she's like bunning bunning Wolverine off and you're sitting there you're thinking what's going on here like why is that happening? And it's never explained. And then when you watch Apocalypse, yeah. which came out in fucking 2016, you're like, oh, oh, oh. And it just made me think that's basically, they made like that X-Men universe is its own universe in itself, completely disassociated from anything else that's going on. That's the thing, because 
Right, so, I mean, I probably said this on our X-Men episode, but basically, because the first two X-Men films were popular, then they, the third one fucking tanked, and then they just mm. tried to stick with Wolverine, but then they wanted to do the X-Men again, so then they, that's why they recast them. And then the, the first class era of X-Men was effectively just... It was a remake. We, we, what, it's, it's hard to understand it because it's a remake and it's like referencing specific things that happened in the first three films. So, yeah. so it's like, that's why it makes it so weird, I think, because they couldn't decide if they just wanted to completely reboot it or try and continue some of the aspects of the original three that they liked. Um, mm. I think mainly what it was down to was the fact that they had Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. I think they just didn't want to lose those two actors yeah, and, yeah. and Hugh Jackman. If the first three films hadn't had such like great actors in it, they would have just completely just started over again. Yeah, it, it just it just it just blew my mind how much of how much of Apocalypse was genuinely centered around literally what happens in like the last stand pretty much you go to striker's base in the snow all the mutants get trapped and then like obviously the other mutants help them out but then they find fucking wolverine don't they yeah and he's like wolverine gets out and you're just like i I was just sitting there like what the fuck (laughs) so did you like apocalypse then because a lot of people say that it's like the worst one i was really enjoying it and then i fell asleep yeah all right it is patchy I do like it though it is yeah I just think the villain in it they could have done better potentially his his element of the storyline I think that's kind of what let it down a little bit yeah right anyway Dave we better move on to the main yeah the main sec this week we've decided we don't know why or how we haven't done this yet um because yeah. he's like this actor is like I just love him. Like he is such played such a massive part in Hollywood. He's been in some of the best films, in my opinion, ever. Uh, This was kind of the one that set him on the map. We're talking about Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, mate. It's like I think if I was trying to sum up the elements of a film that would really make you happy, a sort of cowboy style guy, like some cool like action. And some like adventuring through like a forest in in like a previous time setting. Like, yeah, those like four elements for, like, is just like yeah, searching for like hidden treasures and treasure. shit. Treasure that literally just sums your vibe up. <laughs> yeah, so up my street. Um, massive, massive fan of the Indiana Jones series. Uh, literally loved it when I was a kid. Although when I was a kid, number two absolutely terrified me. Temple of Doom freaked me oh, man, out. Yeah. But it is pretty weird. I think, well, um, the first time I remember watching them, right, it was must have been around like 2008, 2009. I knew, I, I think I was at that point where I was leaving primary school and going to secondary school. So it was, mm-hmm. you could you could put up with a lot of the film, but like there would, there would still be bits that kind of really freak you out. I just remember that the on the BBC, on BBC, on BBC One, they, they were like playing every film. It was like a over like mm-hmm. a the summer holidays. Every Sunday they had an Indiana Jones film, and then I just watched them with my dad like that. Because I remember him saying, "Oh, have you seen the Indiana Jones?" And I was like, "No, no, I haven't." And he was like, "Oh, mate, just watch this." And and then I was like, "Whoa!" Like, yeah. It's when, exciting. When you're it's that exciting. age as well, they feel like proper films. You feel you feel a bit like more grown up because they're like yeah, 
they're like proper films. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> like even the way that they're filmed, like the way that they look, like that 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 kind of like eighties, nineties, like film reel. Like yeah. it's just like mm, it just looks like <laughs> you know they had to go to the place to do it. They couldn't just make it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They would have had I, to go I, well, to the I, middle of the desert to do the desert scenes. They couldn't just make a fucking desert like they do now and just chuck it in front of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Like you see it yeah. and you're like, wow. Yeah, the practical effects within it is amazing. Like the the face melting what scene in oh, the like, That's got to be yeah. one of the best deaths in movie history ever, I yeah. think. <laughs> Especially because uh, he's a Nazi everyone knows as well. That. Yeah, everyone knows that death as well. Uh, it's also just like another... you never see someone getting like melted. You, you always see them get like burnt alive and stuff like that. You never see them just melt. <laughs> yeah, like another massive favourite scene for me is when he gets when Indy gets confronted at the market with the swordsman. And the swordsman's like... Yeah, yeah. And then he just pulls his guns up and shoots him. When I was a kid, mate... I literally was like on the floor, like rolling, laughing, crying at that. Like so, so hard. You must know the uh, the reason why that scene is like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Harrison Ford had dysentery that day, and he, he was like shitting himself the whole time. So he had to like <laughs> they he had to cut the scene down because otherwise he was gonna shoot shit himself. So they just cut in with him just getting shot. <laughs> so brilliant! Imagine the fighter as well that was working on that scene. Thought he was gonna <laughs> yeah. get thought he was gonna get like a proper lit fight scene and then ended up just getting like one banged by a bullet. <laughs> yeah, I found out a mad thing as well. I I didn't even realize mm. this, and it makes so much sense that um, George Lucas wrote the Indiana Jones scripts and then obviously Steven Spielberg directed them. But, like, mm. it does have a very sort of Star Wars-y crossover kind of vibe feeling that there's a lot of, like, big stories and they're in the desert and there's all these different, like, groups of villains that are, like, come in and, yeah. Like, it, mm. it, it, I, I, when I looked at the INDB stuff, I was like, oh, shit, George Lucas, all oh, right, that, that makes it make... Like so much more sense why Indiana Jones is the way it is. Yeah, yeah, literally. It's but nice. like, I think they're as individual films, they are so much better than Star Wars because Star Wars films don't really make any sense. Like, if you actually look, sit down and then look at each story beat, they don't make a lot of sense. Whereas they are, Indiana Jones is very clear what the story is. Coming from you know I mean? coming from the one coming from a guy who's not watched any Star Wars and has only seen the new three. I watched I watched them when I was really young, right? And yeah. Well, obviously they're not yeah, gonna we, make we're going to have sense. to do an episode about Star Wars because I I don't yeah. like it really. You, yeah, you don't know anything about it. it's it's literally like it's literally it was modern day politics at that at that time. That's all Star Wars is yeah. basically anyway. But yeah, let's not run into that. So, yeah, we've got yeah, it is interesting George Lucas. I mean, he's probably been behind the scenes of some of like the biggest stuff in that in that century yeah like if when you think about it and think about how steven spielberg has changed cinema because yeah i would say george lucas and steven spielberg once they made films like they did all all the mainstream like superhero films action films everything afterwards was in the framework that they created interesting yeah amazing so we're gonna rate them so we've got four movies we've got raiders of the lost ark temple of doom the last crusade and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. So should we? Well, let's start off with four for you, David. What 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 will be your number four? Pretty obvious. Got to be the second one, Temple of Doom. Although you, it's good, it's it, like it's still an Indiana Jones film. There's so many elements to it. It's just like I, I think Steven Spielberg has said since like there's so much he regrets about that film. 
Um, yeah, the woman. The woman in. Yeah, the the woman. <laughs> she is so irritating, and she is she is literally just there to be like, ah, help me, ah, like the whole time. Yeah. Um, and and it's weird because Steven Spielberg does so much better work on female characters in in all his other films. It's like, mm. why did you d- decide to go down that route? And I'd say, yes, the the woman and the little kid, they're just fucking, like, they really dragged the film down. I reckon if they were... Wait, I've got to be just, honest. If they were just toned down that little bit more, the film would be so much more bearable. Short Round is a national treasure. Who? Short Round's the little boy. Ah, uh, okay. Um, also known as Shorty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, he was, the, he was the little sidekick. The little Asian boy. Yeah, I think he was great. What's, what was wrong with him? I just He's just very squeaky and, yeah, like, a lot of the scenes are like, Ah, Indy, Indy, ah, Indy! It's like, it's like... It's yeah, just, okay. Yeah, it's just a bit annoying. Yeah, I do get you, I get you. And it seems I weird understand. that they would make that Indiana Jones film after how perfect the first one is as well. Why go down that route with the second film, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you, mate. Second one is, it doesn't do it for me. It's just a bit too, it went too theatrical, a bit too pantomime not enough. Not enough of what people wanted to see. I will say the um, towards the end that mad scene on the bridge, on the rope bridge. That's that good. bit is that is fucking sick. Um, that is that's, good. That's that's one of my main memories of that film. Is is that see, I think... that uh, that scene, and then the scene where they're eating like gorilla brains, and there's all these bugs yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think the thing is about Indiana Jones that is really interesting is they probably have a few stunt scenes that they've got planned, and that is kind of like what makes the Indiana Jones film the Indiana Jones film, like the the stuff that you don't forget about, like when they're in the fourth one where they're fighting around the plane and the plane engine cuts up the guy. It's just the same as the bridge. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as the boulder. All those stunts they make they make it don't they um, and I think while we're saying that the second one is the worst one there's still like crucial there's crucial Indiana Jones moments you get like perfect Indiana Jones moments that are just so good that it doesn't really matter where what film they're in or where they are they're just good moments but yeah the film as a whole the way that they went with it the story that they went with um, yeah, it was just pretty pretty basic, especially after such a big hit with the first one as well. It didn't make sense. But yeah, I agree with you. So, yeah. uh, number three starts to get a little bit tougher now, instantly. Yeah. Number three for me is probably going to have to be... It's going to have to be Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for me. Um, right, okay. I don't really know. I don't really know why. I can't really explain it to you. It's just... It's just it is what it is. I like those old films. I can't... I can't put Raiders of the Lost Ark or The Last Crusade in that third position spot because they just don't deserve it. I can't do that to Sean Connery and I can't do that to the the film that literally made the whole, you know, what it is today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that being said, I, I think I'm, I'm no... going to have to put... I'm going to have to put uh, The Last Crusade in number three. Yeah. Just because I love King of the Crystal Skull so much. I know it's a shit film and I know it's not as good as the other ones but I just enjoy watching it a lot more than I enjoy watching The Last Crusade yeah I just uh, something about The Last Crusade like it's just although it's a great film there's a whole like first quarter of the film quite boring it yeah, just I see it, feels I see it. very excluding the young Indiana Jones bit uh, that bit's really good obviously but like just after that so that bit 
and when they're in like Venice until Sean Connery's kind of turns up this feels really slow and I'm, I'm just like watching it waiting for something to happen obviously they're setting up the story but yeah that bit of the film really fucking just drags for me yeah fair enough I mean I, I don't really have a bad thing to say about Kingdom, Kingdom and the Crystal Skull I, I don't like I thought I thought it was very well done I thought Shia LaBeouf was a good choice I thought um, Harrison Ford did a fantastic job kind of playing Harrison Ford like he kind of played like he played more in his like old man vibe I thought one of my favourite bits of like, the whole film was the end scene when they get married and Charlotte Booth goes to pick up the hat and Indy's like not yet <laughs> yeah 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 that was one of my favourite bits but I feel like I feel like again that film it came from a point where they were like, let's reboot stuff and make it again with new people. But let's like keep nostalgia in it. So everyone who loved Indiana Jones in the 80s and 90s, they can all love it all over again. Do you know what I mean? And it's about it, it was about that. It was less about making a fucking awesome Indiana Jones film. And it was more about relighting it for the fans and trying to make more money out of it. Mm. And that's where, that's where it kind of lost it for me. But I did like the Dr. Oxley thing. I loved that. I hated that German woman. Um, they've got some fantastic stunts in there too but th- this is the thing this is the thing see the stunt thing that I'm talking about That this, this is the thing you've got that scene where they're going through the jungle where they're driving through the jungle and they're all fighting on the back of the amphibian vehicles I love that scene it's a great scene but with the ants it's really easy well. yeah it's really easy to just know that it looks it's all made up do you know what I mean like for me it was like it looks awesome and it was fun I was really enjoying watching it but I was like this is this is movie magic 101 kind of vibe I do get what you mean I saw a there's this YouTube channel called Corridor Crew where they sort of like rate um, visual effects and I would say that yeah again the visual effects in that scene aren't great and unlike the rest of the Indiana Jones films uh, it is a lot more fantasy that film Mm. Um, yeah, hundred percent. But it, I, 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 I think I think it's still my number two because I I, I love that they brought back the woman from the first film because I thought mm-hmm. she out of all three of the women that are kind of in it she's the best and the I best. love that that she's like old as well and she's like mm-hmm. giving him lip about what the, what their relationship was like in the past. It's nice. I really like Charlotte Booth in that film. I think he's great and it and it's like Charlotte Booth before he went like fucking mental as well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 and I have to say, although it doesn't really fit in with the Indiana Jones films, I do love the whole sci-fi alien bit at the end. Although I do, it is I do. really it's really stupid and, and it doesn't work, but it's still so cool the way it's done. I do. I, I love I love the fantasy of it all. I can't lie. And there's that there's obviously this the bit at the start of the film when when we're in the lot where they hid the ark, and that yeah. bit is it is fantastic. I'm not, I, I literally have nothing bad to say about it really. Like there's no, it, it would be very very close between the Last Crusade and that film for me. That that's kind of the way it is for me. Two and three is it's a mix, you know. It's a mango and pineapple smoothie. It's it's going together well. The yeah. Last Crusade is just the Last Crusade for me. I remember I, I just love watching that film. I love Sean Connery in that film. I love James Bond, so that's also why I love Sean Connery, etc., etc., etc. And it just like I love the sidecar. I love the relationship between Indiana Jones and his dad, is completely ridiculous, and I love it. Like the fact that they and kind they, of like are constant, they. yeah, they're constantly going at each other like like a married couple. It's a, it's brilliant. Yeah. 
It is brilliant, and that is again that is what people are actually like. That is what actually happens. And the in whole that bit situation. where he like brings him back at the end as well, he like saves his life. So because there's that bit where you think Indy's dead, and I did, I totally forgot about that scene. And I love how mm. long they hold that for. It's just Sean Connery doing yeah. some like mad acting as hold that shot on his face for so long, and that's like that's got to be the longest single shot within the whole film. Because yeah, probably it's very. Like every shot lasts for like two seconds in Indiana Jones, and then and yeah. that bit it just had it was like seeing Sean Connery like experiencing that he actually did love Indy for the first time. Like he's like how much he actually does mean to him, and then and then got that role reversal at the end when Indy like saves him by giving him the the cut. So yeah, that's a not, that's a really good uh, dynamic they got there, and yeah, mm. whoever thought of casting Sean Connery as his dad was just. Uh, a fucking legend. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's at a really strange point of uh, Sean Connery's career as well. It's like he yeah. he'd been James Bond, he'd done other shit, but like nothing really hit as older. hard as James Bond. Yeah. And yeah, he's getting older as well. Yeah, perfect for him. Yeah, perfect for him. So we'll move swiftly on to number one, which is obvious. It's the first yeah. film. Yeah. Started the franchise. You got some of the, like the best bit, the best lines in that film. Yeah, it's the one I've I can't remember much about because I, I I haven't seen it in so long. But um, but yeah, like I just feel in my gut that that is got to be the best one. I could I could literally explain to you word for word the opening like scene for Indiana <laughs> Jones one. It is so good. It's the boulder scene. They go in. You got the little golden monkey. He's got the bag of sand. One of the guys goes to grab it. He moves him out of the way. He looks at it. He's looking at the, looking at the little brass monkey, and then he gets the bag of sand. He chucks a bit out, and you're like, "This guy knows what he's doing." Here we go. <laughs> and then you get that he does the he does the switch where he moves the monkey and puts the sand on. Yeah. And then nothing happens, and he's like, oh, "Yes, yes, yes." And then all of a sudden, you just see the totem go. And it all sounds like rock. And then all of this mad stuff starts happening. And he's running over the hill. And he's got all of the Aboriginal tribesmen chasing him with like spears and that. And he's like, start the engine! Start the engine! And then he pulls the snake out as well. Like, oh, what fucking snakes! <laughs> just, yeah, just, just brilliant. And Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford's obviously no one else could have done that, really. Um, but I think for me as well I think what really makes it work is that they chose to set it at that point in history mm-hmm. nine, nine, mm-hmm. mid 1930s so yeah because you can still have some of that Victorian explorer sort of like tropes but then you've got the whole war brewing in the background as well and all this conspiracy yeah. and uh, real world events and shit that was going down yeah. at that point there was probably a lot more risk to reward for that kind of stuff as well you know what I mean like treasure yeah. hunting was a thing like people literally used to like dedicate their lives to it and the fact that he was an archaeologist and you know he cared about the artifacts and all that stuff like I just I just love that I guess all of that stuff kind of I've always had this like thing where I'd wanted to be like an explorer an adventurer an archaeologist looking at old places, trekking through the sand and shit. I don't know why I've always been into that stuff ever since I was a kid. It's really, really strange. Yeah. Like stuff like yeah. Indiana Jones, Bear Grylls, anything adventure type, anything about Mayan temples, I'm just like there straight away. Like <laughs> Not Ray Mears, though. Ray Mears is a bellend. Oh, Ray Mears. <laughs> I can't. I can't with Ray Mears. <laughs> 
I remember when he had, like, there was a point where he had, like, so many fucking TV shows, and it's like, who are you trying to fool that you're a wilderness explorer? You're, you're, you're like, look, look at the fucking size of you. Like, I can see your gut, like, dragging across that floor, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, but his idea of camping is, like, his idea of, like, wilderness ex- exploration is literally, like, fishing. <laughs> And like drinking like Bershka, like Polish lager. I'm like, here in the Cotswolds. I'm going to explore this West Country pub. Oh, look. And he, he like gets out the menu. It's like, yeah, so I'm going to forage for a steak pie and chips. And then it's, he, he like goes up to the pub. <laughs> he goes up to the bar and goes, yeah, can I have a steak pie and chips, please? And they're like, yeah. And, goes, and that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, like he just, oh, he's just, I can't. But yeah, so he's literally just a fat bastard that used to go around in green shorts and a green t-shirt, and then like he had his own selection of like knives. Yeah, <laughs> that was it just seemed weird. <laughs> it was just like some bloke that just sits down by by like the thing, like river fishing. Do you know what I mean? Like every, every weekend <laughs> yeah. to get away from the wife or something. <laughs> We've rated all of our movies, so now we're going to move on to our to our lit new section. Yeah. Yeah. You sounded excited yeah. by that, mate. Yeah. We're no, going to move on just, to our lit new section. I was just yeah. preparing for it. <laughs> <laughs> Mentally preparing really, for it. I'm not really sure where I'm going to go. So basically, here's how it's going to work um, for you, the audience. Um, we're going to do. Uh, we're we're going to be given a minute on the clock. We've got a little theme tune, and basically, what we're going to do is. We're going to literally talk about our level up. Now, it could change week to week. One week we might write some jokey scripts or one week it might just be like literally like hardcore what we want to see from this film. Loads of different stuff. But essentially, we're going to be actually levelling up the ideas and the films that we're talking about. So Dave's going to take the first one this time. Um, He's going to be levelling up Indiana Jones. And he's got one minute to talk about his his level up of that film and then we're going to discuss it I'm going to have a go as well so Michelle Dave yeah I'm just writing some things down so I don't like so you don't fuck it don't like yeah yeah we need like a little klaxon horn of us saying level up <laughs> alright are you ready to go yeah I think so yeah alright then alright then play that okay. funky music white boy okay so I'm going to start off by saying that I think, I think, I don't think the, uh, the 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 backstory of him working as a teacher really works. So what I would I would initially do is I'll change that and then say that he works in a museum because I think that's that's more interesting. You have got more to explore there. Is he could be this guy that like tinkers away in the back of the museum. He could have like a sidekick, like this woman who also works in the museum. I think I think that would be like a much stronger route for the story initially. And then I've got another idea, which is doing a female remake of Indiana Jones and having uh, having it set earlier. And then oh fuck, I'm running out of time. And then uh, yeah, so that <laughs> and then the Sean Connery prequel. I want a Sean Connery prequel. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's it. <laughs> I started off well, but then I ran out of time. The 22nd time and freaked me out. <laughs> you there? 
That was good. That was good. I liked it. I like to see you under pressure. I wonder how much better you're going to get at that. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't get my words out about the female Indiana Jones uh, other version. I wanted to say like another female Indiana. Like a female Indiana Jones set in the same world as Indiana Jones, but she's unrelated to him. She just does a similar kind of exploration kind of thing. And I would set it earlier as well. I'd set it more towards like a Victorian type era. So it was like more controversial because she's a woman and she's going out in the forest doing all this shit. <laughs> it did but, yeah. also take you about 15 seconds just to say that he works in a museum. <laughs> yeah. You were like, he you were like he's museum. not very good. It's a, it's a school tick. Um, yeah, so... No, I like it. And a Sean Connery prequel. Yeah, Sean Connery prequel would be awesome. Who would you... I'm I'm thinking, like, Henry Cavill as, uh, as young Sean Connery. Yeah. Someone, someone along those lines. Yeah. I mean, I just just get... It pisses me off, because... Mate, we'll put Orlando Bloom in. What the fuck's he been doing? We'll put Orlando Bloom in it. He He can't be be young Sean Connery. Why not? Would you put a pair of fucking round glasses on him? They all look the nah, same. No, 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 that wouldn't work. Sean Connery was way too, like, manly. Orlando Bloom's a bit of, like, a puss. <laughs> 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 all right, well, okay. All right, do you want to set your set the music up? I'm just yeah. readying myself. Yeah, you're going to be so much more coherent than me. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. We'll see as soon as I hear that music. I'm okay, you ready? Out. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Three, two... One. Right, so I do think that number four film is very good because you said earlier they touch on that, they get on that mythical vibe, yeah? And also, obviously, we've got the link between ancient stuff and the mythical vibe. You know me, I'm always lit for Atlantis, so I reckon Indiana Jones needs to find out some way of locating Atlantis. I don't think it should be Harrison Ford, I think it should be Shia LaBeouf. Right, Charlotte Booth was a good fucking Indiana Jones, but now he's mental, he's not going to be able to do that anymore, which is kind of crap. But imagine Charlotte Booth with some like new uh, like girl, Karen Gillan, probably pretty fucking awesome at it, go down, they're searching, they're trying to get to Atlantis, they need to find the trident, because that's what you do in Atlantis, you just find tridents, you just find Poseidon's trident. I think that would be an awesome film, um, and then we're keeping on that mythical level, which means probably we'll get another trilogy to kind of like, you know, put it all together at the end, and that's how we do it on Level Up Khan. Yes, mate. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that was sick. Oh. Yeah, I, I love that idea. I was, I thought you were gonna say some kind of Atlantis type idea yeah yeah i like that idea a lot why not carry on they've taken it so you're saying fuck off harrison ford i'm not saying fuck off harrison ford at all but i'm saying if harrison ford passes the baton to someone else then it should stay them because that's what i just feel like it should be they made that film for a reason it wasn't they didn't put shia labeouf in it for no reason they didn't make in his son or whatever for no reason yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. all. It was all part of the grand master plan that potentially Shia LaBeouf was going to take over, but then he had a mental breakdown. So we don't know where it's going to go with that. But I do think Shia LaBeouf is a fucking awesome actor, brilliant yeah, he's actor. Great. 
goes full out, never gives you an ounce of anything less. Him in Transformers 1 was literally like some sort of like... It, it, seeing Transformers when I was younger was literally... My head exploded into like a thousand pieces. Like you've got so much stuff in there. You've got cars, you've got robots, you've got Shia LaBeouf being awesome, and then you've got Megan Fox. So what... I mean, you, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's great, and he was he was awesome. He had that like, like old biker vibe, which was fucking great. And it was just again that moment when he places the hat on his head and he's standing in the doorway and he's doing the pose, and you're just like you see you see him like grab the peak of the hat, and you're like, oh my god, it's going to happen. And then Harrison Ford comes in like not yet, and you're like, okay, where's it going to go now? That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, I really hope they do pick that up in the new one that they're doing. Um, and yeah, Karen, uh, Karen Gillan's a great shout for like another explorer. To go uh, yeah, with female protagonist, really good. Yeah, she's great in Jumanji. Yeah, and that's kind yeah, of exploratory. It would just be that. But it would really, be less. It? it would be it will be less like Jumanji. She could play it a bit more seriously because she wouldn't yeah, be a teenage yeah, yeah. girl trapped in a in a yeah, you know, yeah. grown woman's body. Um, but yeah, awesome. I liked that. That was good fun. We're gonna have some fun with that. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. Uh, our actual doing doing an actual level up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, level up. <laughs> All right, bro. So, what have you been watching um, in the last couple of weeks? We've got a. Uh... Uh, I've been I've been on some hard uh, hard sort of. I've been back on the British dramas. Yeah. So I I like smashed my way through The Crown. I don't want to say too much about it because it's just uh, I've chatted to Aiden about this enough already and he's got bored of it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's it took me uh, like it took me three goes to tr- to to try the crown with big spaces in between, um, and then it was just this time round I was just like fuck it, I'm just gonna push through that first boring half of the first series and then I, I just had it on because I've got I got a Wacom pad this week so I've just been drawing loads of mad shit on my computer um, so I just had it on in the background so I was kind of just like aware of it and then I had it on but it was good and it taught me so much about the royal family that I had no idea about but the main thing I want to talk about that I've been watching is so uh, there's this uh, British script writer uh, that was about in the 70s 80s, 90s. He was called Dennis Potter, and he was one of the first people that made TV on British TV that was like an event. It actually, felt like a proper fucking program. It was going levels that they hadn't gone before, and it was gritty and it was funny. And they had these random bits in it where a song would just start playing, and the characters start tripping out, and everyone within the scene would start like miming to the song and dancing around like it was like some weird fantasy of the main characters. So that shit hadn't been done before. The most famous thing Dennis Potter has written is probably The Singing Detective, which has got Michael Gambon in it, and and it's amazing. And it's I recommend it to anyone. And yeah, like you got to go in mind, it's an 80s TV show. So once you get over that element of it, it is so ahead of its time on what it does with the programme, and it's so gritty. And what I love about Dennis Potter's writing, a big theme of his work is how squalid and dirty the Second World War was, and it's not something that we should be proud of, and also how it fucked up an entire generation of people. So Dennis Potter is of an age where his parents 
were the ones that sort of went through the war. He was born in 1935, so he was a child during the war, which had its own problems anyway. But yeah, I think it's so interesting. A, a, a theme that keeps popping up in the TV shows I've watched of his is how his parents' generation were just fucked up by the Second World War, mm. and and they and they turned into these like weird people that took out all their resentment on like the people that were like dancing around in the 50s like in Greece and in the 60s like yeah. the Beatles they took out so much resentment on them because they got to experience being teenagers and enjoying that whereas they just had to be like adults during the war and then they never got to experience that mm-hmm. but the, in, in specific regard to a TV shows that I've watched written by Dennis Potter in the last week I watched Lipstick on Your Collar that was made in 1991 I think it's got Ewan McGregor's first one of his first screen roles um, and he's great in it and it's yeah it's it's like set in the 50s they're like these young people that are like sort of stuck in this world with just these stuffy older people and yeah there's some really gritty shit in it and it's funny as well and yeah and I've moved on to another thing written by Dennis Potter in the last uh, few days called karaoke and he wrote it as he was dying so it's it's very personal it's about like a script writer that's effectively dying so it's got lots of his own life in it so yeah i recommend lipstick on your collar and um and karaoke they're on all four and the singing detective like the dvds about like like seriously watch it and if you can't be asked watching the 80s version i don't know how good it is because i haven't seen it robert danny jr did a remake a film remake of the singing detective in the early 2000s it might be shit it might be like it probably is nowhere near as good as the tv show but if you wanted to see what the story is like, fucking try and track that Robert Downey Jr. film down and slap mm. it on. Yeah, nice, cool. Well, I've been, me and Kat, we started watching The Order on Netflix, new Netflix show. Very, very Sabrina the Witchy, but yeah. also very, very much more interesting than Sabrina the Witch. So we've got um, a kid going to college in America. Um, this college means something to the family because basically this kid... He lives with his uncle, okay, and which is his mum's brother. His mum is dead, and his dad doesn't know who he is, but supposedly killed his mum. So that's already pretty interesting, yeah? And now the uncle basically has got this theory that his dad is part of some secret cult to do with this specific college, all right? And this cult is called The Order. So basically, we get underground. Once we get to the college, blah, 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 blah. We get, and we start meeting, it starts getting more intricate and more intricate and more intricate and then there's magic so basically the order is a group of magicians that are chosen from the freshers that come through the camp they pick like 10 and three of them get put through but also some of them who they have to do trials and if the trials go wrong you die um and the magicians they can do all this manipulative stuff they can make people so kids die and then they can make kind of the world like forget about it and just kind of brush over it and just people like kind of forget that it ever really happened, um, which is strange. And then you've got the knights. So the knights are werewolves. I would say I'm I'm four. I'm not. I've not finished it yet. I'm maybe four or five episodes in. I'm still not sure who is good, who is bad, what is what is trying to happen. There's friction between all different characters. There's lots of little micro microchasms of stories happening in different places. But it's really, really interesting. What what is actually quite funny as well, Dave, is that you know that Doctor Who episode you made me watch? Yeah. Werewolf looks exactly the same. And they do that fucking shitty werewolf vision. 
that I was talking about on that episode, which really made me laugh. Um, I was like, I love how that's just how you do a werewolf when you're doing when you're filming yeah, something. To see their POV, and it's always like a blue filter, isn't yeah. it? And yeah, they it always like, they, they always have, seem to have really shit hearing as well because the audio is always like proper muffled. So like, I yeah. swear, werewolves are meant to have like great hearing, but it's always like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great show. It's. I've seen Sabrina the Witch. Probably some of the, some some of our listeners, you've seen it as well. You think it like you yeah, liked it. it. Right, I liked yeah. it, but it is it it lives in that Riverdale. It lives in the Riverdale universe, so it's kind of cheesy. But you kind of can't help but love it because when it gets gory and when it gets mad, it does get like whoa, this is really really cool. See, with the order, you've got the scare is lamped up because you've got mm. it's the existence of magic opens all these different portals. And it's all about, like, that magic costs, you know, magic isn't free in a sense. Like, someone has to pay for the magic that you do. If you do something like do a bit of magic, they're doing this thing where they're drawing, a, like, a sign. And then they're just telling people and they just take it like it's money. So, like, you could, like, go into Curry's, pick out a 50-inch telly. And then you draw this, like, magical sign on this piece of paper. You give them the piece of paper. And they're like, oh, thanks so much for that money. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, keep the tip. And they're like really like that's so awesome like thank you so much and you've literally just given them a piece of paper and then but shit will happen to those people that that are getting magic done to them there's everything everything has a price essentially uh-huh. which is what is awesome about it and they've upped the scare they've upped the ante but they've also lessened the the teen shit that is that makes it PG. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The crappy kind of stuff about like, oh my god, but no, no, we've got to go save Sabrina. What about Sabrina? <laughs> it's not like that at all. Yeah, at yeah. all. Um, really like quite teeny, but also grown up. Really for like our age, our age group, twenty to thirty. Like people, people are gonna love that stuff. But that is one thing that I found like really, really good this week. We've been absolutely smashing it. I've watched other nice. stuff. I've been sm- smashing X Men like animated series on Disney Plus and and ever such things like that. So yeah. Actually, there was one more uh, program I wanted to briefly talk about that um, I found. It's called The Great. Uh, it's on Stars Play. It's just very good. Uh, it's it's if you've seen the favorite that came out at the beginning of last year, with the the film with Olivia Coleman and Emma Stone in, is written by the same guy. It's called um, like something like Stephen Magna Marma or something like that. Um, but he's basically written a, a, a ten episode long TV series. This very similar kind of humour, and what's great about it is because it's it's a costume drama. It's very sort of like classic sort of costume drama storyline, but they're all like swearing in it, and they're all saying like "cunt," and they're all like, "There's there's, there's all these like funny bits." In it. It's just so outrageous. All of it is just so mm. outrageous, it, and it's all set around the the Tsar of Russia. So that when Russia had a royal family in the 1700s. Mm. Uh, you must have heard of Peter the Great. Yeah, 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 I've heard of all that stuff. So, it's, yeah. so his son is now the monarch, and he's trying to live up to his dad's reputation. And the guy that's playing him is the guy that plays Beast in the X-Men First Class. So and it's Nicholas him. And he's, yeah, yeah, and he's playing like a proper arsehole, and it's funny seeing him do it because he does it so well. Like, like yeah. yeah, he's a total arsehole. He gets his wife, who's uh, Ellie Fanning, he gets her a a bear for her birthday, and then he uh, there's a party, and he just shoots it. 
<laughs> and then she's like crying, and then she he goes and punches her in the stomach because she's crying. But it's it sounds brutal, but it's like it's done in like a funny way, weirdly. Mm. Um, but yeah, I recommend that. It's just it's good, and I know you and um, you and Cat would fucking love it as well. It's totally your like yeah. kind of vibe. Sounds yeah, like know, a, sounds yeah. like an absolute bop. Right, Amazing. Well, wow. about next week. Well, I'm, I'm. Uh, I've got oh, some. Really I've got some sure. ideas for next week. All right, then hit me. The main one that's jumping out to me is classic movies. So films that are made from in like in the thirties, forties, fifties. Because they would be really fun to like level up. Because like if they haven't been remade since, kind of thing. And you haven't seen that many like old school movies. So I think I think it would be good for you to check out like a like a sick old film. So you're basically sentencing me to eight hours of watching golden age films this week. Is what you're saying? Doesn't have to be eight hours. <laughs> Just free, yeah, yeah. Cool, I, I man. Reckon, All right, yeah. We'll we'll give we'll give it a go because you're really into it. I'm I'm not into it, but I've got to be. I'll, I'll I'll say it out now. The only reason that Golden Age cinema is disinteresting to me is because I've had to sit with my parents and watch stuff like uh, Where Eagles Dare and fucking Zulu and stuff like that. See, so mate, anything from thing. that era You've just been forced fucks to watch, me off. You've been forced to watch the shit films from that time. Like you haven't seen the the, the film because I find a lot of those films very crap as well. But there's there's actually some insanely brilliant old films, and I'm talking about specific ones right now. Mm. I reckon I reckon yeah. it'll be good for you because because you like James Bond, right? This was like the film that made James Bond films because it's effectively a James Bond film, but it isn't James Bond because it's before James Bond was in was films were made. Uh, it's called North by Northwest. I reckon. I reckon I know we'll give that. that a go. I've heard of that. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll do classic cinema then. Deal. <laughs> Deal. But uh, since you've picked that, yeah. I do want to pick the. Uh, I want to pick the tune this week. All right. So my tune this week is called "Just Dropped In" and then in brackets to see what condition my condition was in. Oh, okay. That's a good shout. Big Lebowski reference there as well. Yeah, so you know it's uh it's from Soul Men with Samuel L. Jackson and Bernie Mac. Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings is what you're looking for. But yeah, put it on, jam to it, love it. Um I definitely need to we need to watch this film as well. This looks like such a me and David film. It's called Soul Men. <laughs> Alright, well amazing. <clears throat> Thank you so much for coming back. Series two is on the roll. Like, share our podcast, help us out. I don't want to go back to work now, so please just help us. It'd be great. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye.